The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Dear listeners, before we dive into this week's program, I wanted to share a heartfelt review we recently received. It's from one of our loyal listeners, and it serves as a powerful reminder of why I do what I do here at Veritas. Hello, Mel. My name is Ray, and I'm from England. My truth journey started when I was a kid, and since then I have ravenously set about trying to find as much information as possible to answer the primordial questions that every man must wrestle with in his life. Three years ago, I discovered Veritas, and I have to tell you that what you've created is astounding. Anything and everything that a truth seeker could wish for exists in the stellar compendium that is the Veritas Radio Archive. You are a professional, and I admire your knowledge, your passion, and your dedication. I want to let you know as well how much you've personally influenced me and inspired me. Refusing to vaccinate or take PCR tests, I vowed to myself that as soon as the world opened up again, I would visit all of the sites in the world that are the hallmarks of human history. And I can proudly tell you that with Veritas and its guests playing in my ears, I've returned from the last 20 months of traveling to over 45 countries all over Africa, Europe and the Middle East to see sites such as Gobekli Tepe, Stonehenge and Baalbek. And I'm sending this to you just to tell you how grateful we all are for what you do and how much it matters. Thanks to you and your guests, this everyday man has seen some of the world's greatest sights. And why did I do it? Because I don't want to believe. I want to know. My heartfelt thanks to Rye for sharing such a moving review. To all our dedicated listeners... Your stories and feedback shape our journey. If you're inspired to share your own experiences or thoughts, please visit the member section on VeritasRadio.com. We treasure every word you share. Now, let's dive into this week's program. Tonight, prepare to be transported to a realm where time blurs and ancient legends rise from the shadows. We're about to embark on a journey through the enigmatic landscapes of North America, guided by none other than Fritz Zimmerman. This isn't just any expedition. It's a voyage into the very heart of mysteries that have eluded historians for centuries. Imagine a world where the footprints of giants are etched deep within the soil, where colossal beings once roamed, their stories echoing through the valleys and mountains. Now picture an explorer tirelessly trekking through the Ohio Valley, investigating over 700 mound and burial sites, each one holding a piece of the puzzle. That explorer is Fritz Zimmerman, and tonight he's here to share his groundbreaking discoveries with us. His magnum opus, The Nephilim Chronicles, a travel guide to the ancient ruins in the Ohio Valley, is more than just a book. It's a portal to a bygone era. Zimmerman challenges everything we thought we knew, weaving together tales of biblical Amorites with the enigmatic Adena Mound Builders. And as we delve deeper, we'll uncover the intricate mathematics hidden within the earthworks, hinting at a civilization far more advanced than previously believed. But the revelations don't stop there. 
Recent findings suggest celestial alignments, pointing to influences that stretch beyond the confines of the continent. And Zimmerman's insights into the Hopewell Mound Builders? They promise to rewrite history, revealing connections to the Dakota Sioux and the absorbing tale of the Amorites. We're about to dive deep into a world of ancient wonders, unearthing secrets that promise to captivate, astonish, and leave you yearning for more. The past is about to come alive in ways you've never imagined. Fritz Zimmerman is coming up next. Welcome to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To access tonight's full interview and all of our exclusive material, simply join the Veritas Plus family by clicking on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the Veritas store for a range of great products, including focused life force energy. Experience the power of FLFE with a 15-day free trial today. No credit card required. Discover the Veritas Digest series on Amazon. Multiple volumes, each unveiling the truths they don't want you to know. It's more than just reading. It's an awakening. Secure your copies today. If you're looking to get in touch with Mel, have a guest suggestion, or would like to provide feedback, simply click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's show. And now here's your host, Mel Hastelrich. His latest book is titled The Encyclopedia of Ancient Giants in North America. His website is nephilimgiants.net. And Fritz Zimmerman joins us from Port Wayne, Indiana. Hello, Fritz, and welcome to Veritas. Hi, yeah, good to be with you. My pleasure having you, and this is a topic that I've always wanted to discuss, and we've done it a few times, but I know you're friends with our mutual friend, Elie Marzuli, who's been here many times. In fact, I just came back from Fatima in Portugal just because he, he convinced me to go there, and it was a fascinating trip. But Giants, I'd like to ask you first, your inspiration. Every great work starts with a spark. What was that defining moment or, or discovery that led you to delve deep into the world of ancient giants in North America, Fritz? Uh, well, it wasn't much of a spark. Um, actually, uh, I graduated in radio, television, communication. I worked as a uh, uh, weekend weatherman for a couple of years and then uh, started producing television shows and my partner had left and I was looking on maybe doing a short documentary. And even though I had a, a double major, one being in history, um, I really didn't know anything about the mounds and it just so happened that four blocks from my house is the Allen County Public Library, which is said by some the largest genealogical library in the country, meaning it has all of the county histories. No matter where you live in the U.S., what county you're in, if they had a county history that was done in the late 1800s or uh, early 1900s, they would have that. But I was concentrating on Northeast Indiana, and I was looking for mounds. But in doing that, I came across a couple large skeletons. And as I was expanding my mound search, I kept finding more large skeletons. Um, 
So that resulted in about 10 years of research and the amount of counties and township histories and books through interlibrary loan, probably about 10,000 books I poured through uh, over a 10-year span. And then in the meantime, while I'm doing this, instead of it going, and I'm trying to photograph three or four mounds in Northeast Indiana, um, I'm expanding across the state of Indiana, then going to Ohio. So in the end, after 10 years, I physically visited 700 mountain earthwork sites in Indiana, Ohio, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Michigan, and I photographed 222. So Nephilim Chronicles, the travel guide to the ancient ruins in the uh, Ohio Valley, is by far the most extensive book on burial mounds that's ever been uh, put in print. I've been to more burial mounds than anyone in the history of this country and photographed more. Um, so that's some really good insight into the burial mounds or the what was left of this ancient civilization. So that's in that book. And then uh, after Nephilim Chronicles, then uh, 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 wrote the encyclopedia. Why is it that, if I recall, every single year of elementary school, high school, even university, not once have I ever heard of giants or burial mounts or any of these topics that we discuss in this program? So I have to ask you right at the beginning, I'm going to take my gloves off because there's no censorship here. And I hope you can do the same thing, Fritz. The Smithsonian, you mentioned it in your book, and we've discussed this many times. There's a lot of talk about the Smithsonian's role in, in documenting or perhaps even suppressing evidence of these ancient giants. Based on your research, what's your take on this? And have they been gatekeepers or genuine researchers in this realm? Well, you know, there's two sides of that story. Now, one, you know, we have accounts from small towns in southwest Indiana that at the time it was dirt roads to get there and where the nearest railhead would have been 30, 40, 50 miles. And the Smithsonian catches wind of a giant skeleton uh, that these people have in a mill. Well, they come there and they take it. So they traveled all the way from Washington uh, to Pig's Knuckle, Indiana, just to get this one skeleton. And that happens a lot or did happen a lot. So, yes, they were actively involved in securing as many of the large skeletons as they could get their hand on. But then again, we have Smithsonian reports um, from around Charleston where they were digging into mounds and saying they were seven foot two, seven foot four. Um, other sites, they had also mentioned that they were well over seven foot. So some parts of it, they're actually giving the information. Now, if they were seven foot eight and they said they were seven foot two, we don't know. Um, but they were definitely on the march to grab as many skeletons as they possibly could. Could it be because seven foot two sounds, well, not normal, but what about the ones that are nine, 12, 15 feet tall? 
I've had well, a report. 15 never, 15 never existed. 10 never existed. The largest skeletons that I have in my book are, I think, nine foot eight is the biggest one. And then another one was nine seven. I think another one was nine five. And those three were all in the same mound in Coshocton County. And it's interesting that in the county history, the people that were witness to these skeletons being um, excavated actually signed a paper that went into their county history saying that we were there, we saw them being measured, and these are the right measurements of 9897. So those are the biggest ones. So anything you get 10, 12, 15 feet, red flags should come up. Those are probably bogus. Even if they're from outside of the United States, and I'm referring to, I don't know if you remember years ago, there was an earthquake in Iran. And after the earthquake, for some reason, some structures were unearthed. And the father of a, a one of our listeners, who is a researcher in Iran, sent me images of female skeletons, and these were over 9, 10 feet tall. And the, 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 the interesting part was that they were, they each one have a glass eye on one of their eyes, and this information never came out in the media. Well, if it was nine, maybe 10, I mean, that's believable. Um, but anything bigger than that, I would, I would have a problem with. But even if there's seven or eight, as I said, I've never seen that in the history books. So what do you think the reason is for not mentioning giants. I mean, we talk about dinosaurs. We talk about all sorts of things in the past, but never giants. What would be the reason to hide giants from mainstream? Well, one of the reasons is that Cyrus Thomas, who is the head of the Smithsonian, just flat out said, because he was tired of other researchers saying there was a race of giants. Um, other people were coming here. Um, from other lands and occupying the Ohio Valley. And he just drew a red line and he said, they're all Native Americans. So any conversation about diffusion, other people, is not to be put within the paradigm of American prehistory. So now you have these giants. Well, what Native American tribe were giants? Well, none that we know of. So then you'd have to say, well, it was probably another people. Well, see, now that goes against everything. So giants is just part of a bigger narrative that they have tried to suppress for the last 150 years. You probably have seen, do you know who Michael Tellinger is, by the way? Michael Tellinger, no. South Africa. Not. South Africa, he also researches this, uh, giants, and there's a lot of pictures. And you probably have seen these in the United States, in Europe, in Africa. Uh, these prints on the floor or on the wall, it makes you wonder, what allowed these people to imprint their, 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 their feet and their hands on rock? Was there... A cataclysm that caused the rock to, to semi-melt that allowed them to do that. And then you can see the size of these. And we can talk about that after you tell me what you think happened. Um, I think it was a hoaxer that uh, was very committed to be able to um, 
grind that handprint into a rock. And I've seen those. Those are, I think they're completely bogus. Um, one, you would think of this. How could they put their print in the rock unless it was in a molten state? Right. And if it was in a molten state, their hand would evaporate. And you never see the handprint. The hand would evaporate and the molten would just go to wherever it was going anyway. So I've seen the footprints, seen the handprints. Um, I'm giving them a bogus on both of them. And the handprint is just, you know, just way too large to be human. When we're talking about the confines of, you know, 10 foot being the absolute biggest one they're going to find then you have this giant hand print it's just like well tell me scientifically how this could have possibly happened now if it was a hand print that was 300 400,000 years old and it was somebody who was walking through some mud and it got petrified all right i believe that that's I what I've i think seen stuff that's what I think. I, I mean, I've seen the the. Well, then you're talking. Then you're talking something that happened two hundred thousand years. Okay, and, and that's what I'm I saying. I know because I've I seen the, the, the scientific uh, experiments where they actually shake the ground, and it's it's almost like the water and the soil mix, and you get this this almost like you've seen when people are pouring concrete and somebody puts their hand. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it could be. But uh, I think we have so much really good evidence of giants that we don't have to go to giant handprints. I just don't buy it. I, don't, I think it's I think it's hoaxerism, and it really gives a bad name to people like me that have spent thirty years and trying to uh, get the evidence there, uh, the mathematics that um, occurred within the earthworks in the Ohio Valley. Um, the skeletal remains that we do have photographs of and, uh, you know, a lot of the aspects that we do. But then we have hoaxers out there like the Cardiff giant or something like that or a giant handprint or a giant footprint that is so easily dismissed that it really does a discredit to so many people that are working so hard on this topic. Point taken. The same thing happens with crop circles. You see a lot of the hoaxers doing the crop circles and uh, the ones who are really researching this, uh, you know, get, get the, the negative news. What, what is a giant then? What constitutes a giant, especially these days when people supposedly are taller than say a hundred years ago? I included, I think the bottom was seven, uh, seven foot. And, uh, you know, I recently, because I'm finishing another book, and right around Charleston, I have a photograph of a uh, about a seven foot four skeleton that used to be in the Moundsville um, Museum. And now the first thing you see when you walk into the Moundsville, this is the Grave Creek Mound, um, you see this sign about pseudo archaeology, and they have the most ridiculous photos they have one where a guy is standing next to a skull that has to be like 15 feet in length well obviously that's photoshop 
And... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.